Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Fathers, in Jesus' name, I do pray for your presence right now. In the midst of your house, in the midst of your people, Lord, as I speak to the youth today, Open their eyes and their ears to hear your instructions and not mine. But my prayer is that my instruction will be your instruction, God. I confess my ability to fail, to fall, because I am a flawed individual as all mankind's are. Only Jesus was perfect. God, you changed me one evening. And you've continued to change me. But I don't want to deceive anybody that thinks that I'm more than I am. Just a child of God saved by grace. Guide me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a Themes or series of messages that we do every month, and this month is biblical instruction. And this is the last one of that month, but it's also Youth Sunday. And in prayer, I was asking God what would be appropriate for these young people today. We prepared some things for them, school clothes, and I believe. Minister Lee, uh, youth pastor, has some school supplies and some other things. All that's good. But they're going to need much more than pencils and papers and clothes to be prosperous. Let me remind you again that our title today is following instruction. That's godly instruction, which is the key to prosperity. During my study, I found out that the root word for prosperity has various applications. One is to push forward. One is to break out. There's also an application uh, where it means to come mightily, to go above and beyond, go over and above. And finally, the meaning which we all relate to, and that's profitable. But in our text, I believe the Hebrew connotation is better understood as this. To succeed by effectively accomplishing what is necessary. To succeed by effectively accomplishing what is necessary. But the word goes deeper than that. It, it, it strongly suggests that God alone grants true success. 
or as we discussed this morning, God alone has true wisdom. In other words, God gives prosperity to those who obey his laws and who continually seek him. Now, what's my point? School will be starting soon. Many of you are looking forward to it. Others, not so much. But regardless of whether you're looking forward to it or not at all, things will be different for all who are involved in public and private education. And changes often creates uncertainties. The thought of new schools, new students, new peers, new principals, new courses, new teachers can create some anxiety. So I want you to imagine how this 16-year-old youth felt in our text. He was promoted, we can say, to a position of leadership of God's people. And as we examine this text today, we're going to learn two things. We're going to learn the benefits of following God's instruction, but we're going to also learn the consequences of not following God's instruction. And even though I'm going to be speaking primarily to the youth, all of us in some type of school of life. So I want all of us to take something from this text this morning. The first thing I want to, us to look at is Isaiah's inauguration. If you would join me now in Second Chronicles, chapter 26, looking at verse 1 from the English Standard Version. And all the people of Judah took Uzziah. Now I want you to look at this word took. It has to be an idea of taking someone to a point and appointing him to a new position. And all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. Now, instead does not mean to replace or dispose. It means to step in a position. Uzziah's father, Amaziah, was a good king, but the Bible says he was not with a perfect heart, which means that he had some flaws. Amaziah lacked faith. He angered the Lord by worshiping the God of Edom. Now, this wouldn't have been so bad if the fact that he had just defeated this nation. He took the gods of the people he just defeated, brought them to his own house, set them up, and he bowed down and worshiped them. And God sent a prophet to confront Amaziah about this foolishness. But in the midst of the prophet's rebuke, Amaziah told God's prophet, shut up. Or I'll have you killed. Sound to me, Brother Kenny, like a lot of parishioners who don't like what the pastor is saying. 
And while they may not say it to his face, they are saying in their mind, shit. Y'all laugh, but some of y'all can say amen. <laughs> Amaziah's victory over Edom caused him to get prideful. And in spite of being warned, he started a war with Israel. But during this process, he placed his trust in his own ability. So the Lord allowed Amaziah to be captured and later on assassinated. So still while he was dealing with his father's death, while he was still maybe making funeral arrangements, after losing his father, may have been some of the worst time in his life, Amaziah was inaugurated as king as a teenager. I imagine in my mind he must have felt overwhelmed at times. But somehow this young man preserved despite of his age. That was his inauguration. Look with me at his reign. Verse 2. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah after the king slept with his father. Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. History tells us that Eloth was a city of Judah that was captured during the war when Amaziah was killed. But Elah was a seaport city at the mouth of the Red Sea. This location allowed access to all type of commercial sea transportation. The recapture of this city allowed Uzziah to control all the goods and supplies coming in into the entire region. So the young king was successful now, commercially and militarily. But the writer brings out two other points. First, he said that the king ring lasted over 50 years. And if you look at the Bible, you find out this is the second longest of any king of God's people to ever reign. But the second thing that he brings out is about Uzziah's mother. Some scholars believe that this was simply identification to distinguish him from other Uzziah's. But, but it may have been a way of the author showing the evidence of the effect or the influence of his mother upon her child. But that was his reign. Now let's look at his victory as this young man continued to grow. Verse 6 and 7. He went on and made war against the Philistine, broke through the walls of Gotham. And the walls of Jebne and the walls of Ashdod, and he built cities and territory of Ashdod elsewhere among the Philistines. Verse 7 says, God helped him against the Philistine and the Arabian who lived in Gubal and against the Menus. His victory included, first of all, that of the Philistine. 
who were a long-standing enemy of God's people. But Uzziah ended the Philistine domination for good. How did he do it? He went on the offense. He attacked the Philistine three major cities. We don't know a whole bunch about the Arabians or the menus, but the point is in that last part, God helped Uzziah to be victorious against all his enemies, known and unknown. And I want to encourage everybody here, God does know your name, Jennifer. And he will help you against those enemies you know. But I'm going to tell you something, the enemies you know ain't your problem. The enemies you know, you can look at them face to face. The enemies you know, you can plan for. But those unknown enemies, if God don't keep you, you're in trouble. But God is able to protect you against enemies known and unknown, enemies seen and unseen. Mosiah's reputation is what we want to look at next in verse 8. The Amorite paid tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread even to the borders of Egypt, for he became very strong. Uzziah's victory caused other nations to free. Now, the Amorites were kind of strange people. They were nomads, and what they would do at harvest time, they would raid the villages and, and take the harvest that Israel or Judah had worked so hard for. So Uzziah took several steps to ensure the security of the nation. The results of the Ammonites got real scared. And it forced them to go into a treaty where they had to pay money for those people not to attack. Don't you know if you trust God and follow his instruction, he'll make your enemies your footstool? Some of y'all don't realize that it costs quite a bit to go to college. And sometimes God will make your enemies pay for it. Anybody ever heard of the Hope Scholarship? Amen. I want to look now at those uh, innovations. Verse 9, moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gates and at the valley gates and at the angle and fortified them. Verse 10 says, he built towers in the wilderness and cut out the cistern, for he had large hurry both in Shelof and in the plain, and he had farmers and vine dressers in the hills and in the fertile for he loved the soul. Now, this is desert land we're talking about. How did you be fertile? Hold on there. Uzziah was a mastermind at construction. When you see this word towers here, they were military structures which prevented people from attacking them secretly. But it's the system or the wells that allowed him to be a reservoir in the desert, they were primarily used for the soldiers to drink, but they had an additional bonus. Uzziah was a brilliant 
textual development. He converted the system of these reservoirs into an irrigation system. This allowed him to grow crops in a barren land, in desert. God is able, even in your desert land, to make things grow. You just have to be open to the well. We're going to get there in a minute, y'all. Azar's fame, verse 15. In Jerusalem, he made machines invented, skillful, invented by skillful men to be on the tower and the corner to shoot arrows and great stone. And his fame spread afar. In the other verse, it said to Egypt, now it's far. For he was marvelously helped till he was strong. Hold that thought. Uzziah was a military genius. He established the greatest army known to man in the world. He invented, or he caused to be invented, the most sophisticated war machines of his day. Uzziah also established an elite fighting force, trained men, but he provided them with armor and with machines which would rival modern-day artillery. He invented things instead of shooting one arrow, he had something that shoot several. In other words, he went from a 22 to a shotgun. Or from a 38 to a machine gun. He, he, he invented artillery that would shoot stones over the wall if they didn't tear them down. Now, his success was an example of what anyone can do who followed God's instructions. Divine prosperity is not restricted to those who plan for the future. Those who have 401k are those who manage their wealth well. Our text is telling us even a young person can be prosperous when they follow God's instruction. Remember I told you to hold on to that thing about remember till in verse 15? And let me just read it again, the last part of that. And his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. The word implies a turning point up to a particular time. Now I want us to look back, do a re rewind, go back to verse 5, and we'll find out this turning point, this till thing. Verse 5 said, he set himself to seek the Lord in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosperous. Zechariah's success was because of only one reason. It was not because of his intelligence. It was not because he was good looking. It was not because he wore the latest clothes. It was not because of his physical strength. It was only because he sought the Lord. Uzziah had godly counsel in Zechariah, who instructed a young king to fear the Lord. But Uzziah 
allow God-given success to go to his head. You know, as, as I get older, and sometimes going from one room to another, I forgot what I was going in that room for. I realize how important the mind is. And sometimes when I may get a little cramp or something in my hand, my leg, or sometimes even in my stomach, I realize how important the physical ability is. But I also realize one other thing. I can control none of them. All these things I can control. Sometimes my eyes, especially if I ain't got my glasses on, everybody seems to blur. And if I lose these, I can't find them because I can't find nothing to look at for. <laughs> when we begin to trust in our own ability and strength, we are thankful. We think that we are so strong and so smart that we're doing all this stuff ourselves. You see, Uzziah forgot the source of his strength. Let's look at verse 15 again. It says, For he was marvelously helped till he was strong. You ever wondering sometimes why you can't be successful in one area, why you can't get over this hump? It just might be that if you got the way you think you want to be, you'll forget some things. Uzziah was guilty of following his father Amaziah's action, of trusting in his own ability. The Bible says he no longer sought the Lord. So this brings us to our final point, Uzziah's failure. Verse 16. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. I want y'all to miss this now. For he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, I'm going to stop right there because I say he followed his father. Uzziah was not an idolater, not like his father was. He, he ain't brought no, no idols into the house and worshiped them. We get sometimes guilty of comparing our sins to other people's sins. I ain't doing what they're doing. I ain't running the street. I ain't smoking no dope. But you can still be unfaithful to the Lord. Even, y'all hear me now, even church folks in the church calling themselves worshiping God. We need to take care of how God wants him to worship us and not something we don't concoct it in our own mind or somebody, something somebody don't told us because we ain't looked at the book ourselves. For he was unfaithful 
to the Lord his God and enter into the temple of the Lord. Stop right there. His unfaithfulness had to do with something he did in church. Or something he didn't do in church. Why did you go into the temple of the Lord, Uzziah, to burn incense on the altar of incense? What's wrong with that? If we're correct in assuming that incense represents prayer, what's wrong with bringing a prayer offering in the temple? Hold it. You see, Amaziah's father, excuse me, Uzziah's father, Amaziah, told the prophet when he came to him, shut up! Now, Uzziah is going to tell the priest to stand down. Stand down is a military term. It means to go off duty. Your service, your position is no longer needed. Is used when, when, when somebody is removed from active duty. Uzziah was the king of Judah, but he was not the high priest of Judah. But because he was strong, because he was the king, or because he was the pastor, because he was a deacon, he thought he could do whatever he wanted to do in the house of the Lord. Zechariah had taught the young man well. But perhaps he, he felt like he was grown. He, he got his bachelor's degree. And he, he did not need the advice of any elder telling him what to do any longer. Or maybe he just lost perspective and forgot his purpose, which was to govern the people. But whatever the reason was, Uzziah exceeded his line of authority and proceeded to go beyond God, established spiritual limitations. And when he was rebuked, well, let's look at the text. Verse 17. But as arrived, the priest went in after him. And eight priests of the Lord who were men of valor, and they withstood. King Uzziah. They told him, whoa, 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 hold up, stop. And said to him, it is not for you, and don't miss this, Emma Uzziah. They did not call him king. They did not put that title in front of his name, and I believe this may have ticked him off. Again, this is, this is something you need to take slow and, 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 and don't miss. Don't miss. 
It's not for you. You can't do this. What can he do? To bring incense to the Lord. But for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense, and then they tell them, get out! Go out of the sanctuary. Then they told him, you're messing up, for you have done wrong. It will bring you no honor from the Lord. This morning, Genesis 3, we were talking about following God in structure. At this point right here, had this young man, who was king of Judah, repented and went out, what you're going to see happen wouldn't have never happened. Would not have happened. See, God had mandated only those who were the members of the tribe of Levi. On those who had been consecrated as priests could burn incense. Again, wait a minute, Pastor Day. If incense talking about prayer and he was in the house, what's wrong with that? You see, one can make a case that Uzziah actually was one to worship. I want to worship God. I want to be close to God. And perhaps Uzziah did not see his action as a violation, but something that I want to do to honor God. But when you see how he reacted when he was confronted by the high priest, you'll see that his action was actually one of pride. Going slowly, verse 19 now. Then. Then. Something had to come before the den. What was the den? Somebody told him you done wrong. Uzziah was angry. Now he had a scissor in his hand to burn incense. Y'all with me? And when he became angry with who? With the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priest in the house of the Lord. By the altar incident. Uzziah became fierce at the thought of being told he could not do what he wanted to do. He was struck with leprosy as a sign of God's disfavor, not when he exceeded his authority, but when he became angry with the priest. Verse 20. Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked on him, and behold, he was leopard in his forehead. Then they rushed him out quickly, and he himself, he himself hurried to go out because the Lord had struck him. Leprosy rendered Uzziah ceremonially unclean, and he knew it, he understood it, and he was in a rush to get out. <laughs> You see, leprosy is, 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 is just a, a sign. It, it's, it's a skin disease, but I want you to look at it from an internal point of view right now. How many of you have ever been in church and all of a sudden you said you want to just get out? Leprosy. 
You just feel uncomfortable and you want to run out. Oh, okay, let me put it this way. You're saying within yourself, I wish he'd hurry up and get through. <laughs> we are planning a dinner, a family reunion after this. I wish he'd hurry up and get through. Leprosy. It's a sign of God's disfavor. After all I done for you on Calvary. As long as I hung on that cross for you. And you can't give me two hours. Leprosy. What can we learn? As Isaiah became powerful, she became prideful. And God was not pleased. In shame and in loneliness and isolation, Isaiah was forced to live the rest of his life in death. And when he died, he was not buried with everybody else because he was a leper. What's your point, Pastor? As you go back to school, thank God that you've done well. But remember to stay humble. And remain in the calling you've been called. Don't get the big head. And think you're beyond falling. As a campus manager at Mercy University for 20 years, I've seen a lot of young Christians come there. And first of all, they think they're going to make all A's, and they find out high school and college is different. The next thing the young Christians think, they think that they're beyond going out on Thursday night party because that's when they go out. And they don't make it to church on Sunday like they said they were going to do. You ain't beyond falling. Some of us adults, it's because you don't got a little age on you, you ain't beyond falling. Here's what I will say to you like, I am just a prophet and a priest relaying God's instruction. You may not like what I say, but if they're God's instruction, you are obligated to follow them. And I know some of y'all telling me, shut up. Others may want me to stand down. But I'm not going to do either. But I got one more instruction for you today. It's the most important instruction you will ever hear. It answers the question, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father. No one comes through the Father except through me. Young people, don't buy into what all these new way people are telling you. That the Bible was written by man and it's outdated. 
or believe some TV personality to tell you there's more than one way. If you're going to get to the Father, if you're going to get saved, if you're going to spend eternity with him instead of in hell, you're going to have to go through Jesus. Now, Miss Jennifer blessed our hearts today by saying, he knows my name. I just want to show you a comparison between professional and none. <laughs> but there may be a time that you stand before God and you won't hear the beautiful words that Jennifer song to us today. But instead you hear, depart from me. I never knew you. Does he know your name today? Well, if he doesn't, I'm going to show you how you get to know his name. You stand with me now. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.